Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Did you know there's a few different ways you can support us? We have a really cool Patreon page that has some great perks for contributing. Also, we have four sweet shirt designs currently up on our Store Envy page. Both links will be in the description below. And no matter how you choose to support us, we are so grateful to have you on board. Enjoy the show. Good day, Hogamania. Hey, hey, hey. That's, oh, that's mine. Oh, that's your line. So can huh? you just? What are you doing? Can you just? Oh. So here's you cross the line, man, and just let me take care of the intro. I am so excited. You're just gonna hijack the pod, dude. I'm sorry, Zach. Zach, take it away. No, Kyle. Kyle, <laughs> take take it away. Zach. I expect more from you, Kyle. Sorry. What is up, Hogamaniacs? Thank you for tuning in to another brand new episode of Big Boys and Body Slams. I apologize for uh, Kyle's incompetence, and it will not happen again it won't i am sure of it my name is zach over here we got luke hello baby and let me tell you we need you to buy more t-shirts that was bad sorry wonderful that, no that i love awesome. that thank you luke and uh kyle the hijacker right here that's me the hijacker i was playing towards a camera which we don't actually have the cameras today yeah we're not doing cameras today by the way so i, I was it's playing a lazy it I'm so, sunday i'm so used to if it. you guys really want the cameras though let us know and we will bring the cameras back i just we're just trying something different for the youtube version this week is that like breaking um, the fourth wall for me to say what day we recorded that uh no no that's fine okay yeah we're, it's lazy sunday and i kind of wish we had a camera but with lazy sundays comes a lazy zach because we are scrubbing we are scrubbing hard it's true yeah it was a long night kyle's for got a whole mania so. christmas sweater on in october 21st we could take a picture of it and post it to the page we will yeah we'll have to do that mm. um so no shirts this week no shirts this week but hey we'll, we'll get back on there we'll get back we on got there. some surprises in store for you guys we got some uh yes, back at wrestling tapes we need to get a hold of and get burnt on yeah the, we're gonna uh, do we're planning on doing a, a live reaction to kyle's cousin's backyard wrestling tapes from like from like the late 90s it should be great it's, it it's be awesome fun. i'm also trying to work on a uh, sweet intro i will uh keep everyone posted but. there's gonna be a special guest maybe Perhaps. Next week? On, no, on the... On the intro. The, but, 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 oh. hold on, I'm not gonna, it's not a for sure deal, so I'm working on it. Well, Sweet. just keep your ears and mm, eyes peeled, mm. uh, family and friends. Again, we are Big Boys and Body Slams. You can find us on a multitude of different platforms. We will still be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yes, Luke? Oh, no, I'm just... Oh, you go we'll be on YouTube, them. we'll be on SoundCloud, we'll be on iTunes, and we'll be on Google Play, so there's... Uh, and we're still not on Spotify. No, man, they're a tough nut to crack. You know what? If Spotify's not down with us, we've got two words for them. Why not? That's a good one, yeah. Thanks. I was just going to say, please do. So Suck it. That's a good one, too. Kyle, so what do we have today? We have a request show requested by... Buddy Parr. Buddy Parr, friend of the podcast, requested friend this show. Friend of the show. podcast. Halloween Havoc 1996. Yep. Which is uh, main evented by the legendary, the immortal, the greatest of all time... Lodi Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Versus... The Macho Man Randy Savage. That's what we're looking at for a main event tonight. Seems pretty solid. The match is just really something. And there's I, some more matches on the you card know, as well. It's something. I think before we get into this, this show was hilarious. <clears throat> this show like just reeked of 90s corn and like cheese all over it. it. It was so silly. I had a blast watching the show. Even if, well, we'll leave that rating part for the end. But I'll just suffice to say, this was a fun show to watch on a Sunday afternoon. You yeah. know, you know, if you're, if you're not trying to watch anything serious or... 
or even bad, bad or good, maybe like this might be the show for you. This show was fun. This was fun. Uh, should we get right into it? This this is the WCW cheese without yeah. the Russo stink. Yeah, this is pre Russo, Russo corny mid nineties. I loved it. WCW. Let, let's let's get going though. All right. So we open up with a uh, video package uh, that's, that just sets the tone for this pay per view. It's got like this spooky green filter in front of it. It, it looks like playing. it was made on uh, Windows Paint or whatever that program <laughs> it really was. Does it's it's super corny. Um, Microsoft Paint. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, Microsoft Paint. You. Come on, Luke. Um, Luke. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, it's just basically got clips from the, the rivalries leading into. Bro, the you can hardly tell because it's like it got a blur filter. The filter's really bad. Uh, and then we get right into the sponsor of the show, which is Slim Jim. This isn't, by the way, we mislabeled the show at the beginning. This isn't Halloween Havoc 1996. This is uh, this is Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Nobody else's. This is sponsored by by Slim Jim himself. And Slim Jim is everywhere. <laughs> it's on the mat. It's at ringside. It's on the post. There's like a giant package of Slim Jim like off like by the end. This better ramp. have been like a mega deal because they sold the hell out. And they so, really did. So you guys know how you guys go to baseball games and you get bobbleheads or, or items. I swear to God that this arena, the WCW, gave out Slim Jims to everybody in the crowd. Oh yeah, everyone had Slim Jims for all. They were getting thrown in the ring at wrestlers and stuff. It was great. Also, we like had, to point out yeah, we had ahead. a sweet broadcast trio of uh, the American Dream, Dustin Rhodes. What, except for he was called Dustin, wasn't he? Yeah, they call him Dustin in the nameplate. Strange. Um, Tony Schiavone and then Bobby the Brain Heenan. But also don't forget that in the first match that we're going to get to right now, Mike Tanay also... I'm pretty sure he's like, he's like in gorilla position. He's somewhere backstage, and every once in a while you'll just hear, that's right, Tony. <laughs> like, and he's like, you could tell they had a big problem with uh, equalizing the uh, the board tonight. Oh, yeah, because all three announcers' uh, levels were just all over, over the, the charts. Some yeah. of them would be really loud. Dusty would be super them. quiet, and then all of a sudden, Brain would just like scream and clip, and it was a great time. That was awesome. Yes, it was. Uh, should we get into the first match of the day? And real quick, the ramp, the entrance ramp. Oh, yeah, like, please. The like entrance a, ramp is great. <laughs> it looks like a middle school Halloween social over there. Because it's got like it's fake amazing. tombstones that says like Elvis is alive. Well, well, Lots well, of painted styrofoam. Don't forget the best, uh, the best tombstone there was was Crockett. Which remember, I loved the Crockett remember, tombstone. WCW was a Crockett promotion mm-hmm. early in its days. Was was yes, and now it's like a Bischoff. Promotion. And now they're now they're a Slim Jim promotion. Yeah, that too. Yeah, uh, the set was. I loved the set, guys. The set was I brilliant. thought it was great. And then after that, we do get to our first match of the evening, wasting no time. We're getting to, well, we wasted a little bit of time. They had some commentary banter, but after that, we got to our first match, which is for the cruiserweight championship. Uh, the current title holder, Rey Mysterio Jr., fifteen who, years old. Yeah, he looks. Who looks he like looks, a baby here? He's it's, probably no more than what one hundred seventy pounds. If what? That. He, no, if, no more no, than one hundred forty, bro. He's like one forty-five, soaking wet. If I feel that. Like, uh, so we do Sorry. get that Ray versus uh, technical master, man of a thousand holds, Dean Malenko. This is for the cruiserweight title. Uh, they started off with a very long match, and I will get into it here. So Malenko attacks Ray to start, and then there's a Texas Cloverleaf attempt by uh, Dean countered, into, countered by Ray, and then Ray goes for a cross uh, for a for a crossbody and gets caught, and then he sends gets sends Dean into the corner. The drop to a hold by Ray. It did start off very quickly here. Um, it does oh, it slow down awesome. a little, but the beginning of this match was, it was really quick. Awesome. Um, Ray uh, or Dean gets a goes for a crucifix and gets counted into a head scissors takedown, like a mod. They called it they called it an arm drag, but it was more of a head scissors. Yeah, I t- feel like Tony screwed for that sure. one up. Yeah, uh, it was great no matter what. It 
they call it. And then Dean goes outside, and then uh, Ray kind of fakes a 619 to kind of keep Dean on his toes outside. Booyaka, booyaka. And then Dean, like, grabs another Ray Mysterio mask and, like, looks at it longingly. Uh, just long enough for Ray to uh, hit a nice elbow and sends Dean outside. And then he hits a top rope dive to Dean outside. And then he comes inside the ring and he switches masks. Like, he just takes his mask back. So, what I kind of picked up from the commentary on this one was that on Nitro or something, Dean took Ray's mask off and then took it with him. Which okay. was probably the first of 15 times when Ray had I'm his sure. mask taken off. Well, it's funny, so, they kept, also, they kept on commentary, they kept putting over how uh, Ray in, without in his Lucha, mask, yeah. Ray without his mask is nothing. And if Ray ever gets demasked, his career is over, essentially. And then, the and career, then, and then Vince Russo Two happened. or three years later, his mask is gone. And he wears devil horns. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so the match continues. Uh, there's a nice sidewalk. Uh, Ray goes for head scissors. It gets countered into a sidewalk slam by Dean and then Ray gets suplexed into the ropes like right under the ropes and there's a single leg crab and then there's like a half surfboard abdominal stretch that Dean t- puts on Ray on the ground basically he just uh, kind of gets one arm and one leg and puts his knee against Ray's back and stretches and him stretches him uh, pretty unique offense there by Dean this is, this is when the match does slow down a little bit uh, it's the man it's, of a thousand holds the man of a thousand holds gets gets a good amount of the men uh, we get a delayed vertical suplex from Dean to Ray Ray gets a roll up for a near fall uh Dean gets a chin lock in, and then he uh, goes into a camel clutch from there, and then he hits a big tilt-a-whirl backbreaker onto Ray um, for a near fall. Uh, Dean was taking a lot of the early offense in this match, particularly this sequence here. It's uh, a lot of Dean doing Dean things, I suppose you would say. A lot of submission holds, a lot of technical offense. And then both men are outside. There's a sleeper to Ray. Um, They go for the one, two, three with his arms. He gets out at two, then it gets reapplied. He hangs on again. There's a running kitchen sink to Ray, so basically like a running kind of knee strike. That was crazy. Knee to the gut. Ray sold it like crazy. He did a bunch of flips in the air there. Uh, It was really great. Just a simple spot, but just Ray's selling, I think, just really escalated it to something memorable. The intangibles. Yes, exactly. Um, And then both men crash to the floor because they're both on the top and they kind of knock each other out. and then they get back inside, and Ray hits a springboard rolling West Coast pop. So usually he does the West Coast pop, and he just crotches you, basically. He puts his crotch in your face. But this time he did, nice. like, a rolling senton version of that. Front flip. Yeah. It was really cool. I haven't seen him do that, do that very many times. He was ever. busting out some stuff in this match that really he impressed was. me. Man, Ray has had such a long career, and the fact that he's... St- Freshly signed again with WWE, and he's back at it is just... With busted knees. Man, just a testament to just how good he is and it's so nice to see him back in a WWE ring I like seeing him back I think he's going to be good for the product no I agree I think he's a household name everyone knows who he is he can still put on a serviceable match he's still oh no he's good yeah he can still put on a good match and he can still put over talent yeah for sure Uh, so that was really cool and then um, Ray goes for a reverse Rana onto Dean and Dean Malenko just throws him off of his back not having it Uh, oh late Ray almost landed on his head there Uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, Jim Cornette was Cussing at the TV watching that one. What would he say? Where, where, what would Cornette say if he wait, were wait, here and he Jim? saw that? Where, is there Jim? J- Jim? Jim, is that you? Mr. Cornette? This is not something out of 1937. Motherfucker. Hey, hey Jim. What would you think of that reverse Rana spot? You didn't like it, huh? No. I like drop toe holds and abdominal stretches. All right. thanks. Cheeseburger. For your, thanks for your opinion, Jim. I don't really like Cheeseburger. He's a comedy wrestler. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Jim Cornette, everybody. Another Jim Cornette. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jim. Um, always love having him on the show. So then Ray, uh, they get a bunch of roll-up attempts back and forth, and then Ray pulls Malenko down and then hits a leapfrog 
bridging pin. So this was so they were hitting like reverse uh, rear waist locks, and then Ray like reached underneath of his body and grabbed Ray's uh, Dean's hands and like pulled him over, and then hit a leapfrog for a bridging pin combo. Uh, that was really cool. And then what? And did, he like flipped him inside out. Yeah. And then what did Heenan say here? He was like, "That was eight thousand moves right there." Or something. Along. I think I think it was ten thousand. Ten thousand. counting? It was a lot of moves, uh, and that gets a near fall for Ray. And then there's another um, delayed vertical for a near fall from Dean after he just destroys Ray with a lariat, and then gets the vertical for a near fall. Dean gets sent outside. Springboard cork- corkscrew to Dean outside, and then a reverse Rana back in the ring for a near fall. Another West Coast pop, which gets countered into a sit-out power bomb for a near fall. That was awesome. Uh, basically just caught him on the West Coast pop attempt and just slammed him down for a sit-out powerbomb. I think it was pretty close to this point where we spent the remainder of the match just going, oh, whoa, oh, my God. After yeah, the end, every, of this match, the end of this yeah. match was crazy. Um, and then there's a Rana countered by Ray again, and then the top rope, uh, both men are up. What happened here? Oh, uh, and then Ray goes up to the top, Dean goes up to the top after him, and then hits a middle top, I think it was a top rope, gut wrench suplex, and that is the end of the match and Dean Malenko wins and is the new cruiserweight champion uh, that finishing sequence was awesome I gotta say one thing is Dean had the skill to be a world champion but he just does not have a lot of personality no yeah that's true he to this, me this match I thought was really solid it was a good display of what both men could do at this time maybe it was a few minutes too long but I mean Dean had a lot of great reversals and worked had really good chemistry with Ray I thought throughout and really showed off what he could do not just as a cruiserweight but just I mean he was kind of acting above his weight limit here if that makes sense oh yeah I I, I don't know I don't feel like we're putting over this match enough like this is an opener this is a 96 cruiserweight division um, so it's still pretty experimental at this point and these guys worked their butts off. I'm so surprised that WCW gave them this much time. I'm glad the they opener. did. Yes, I'm totally glad they did. And yeah, Dean was able to play the big guy and get a lot of big uh, high high power moves on Ray. And then Ray was able to get his usual agility plancha stuff going on. And it was, th- from be- the beginning, was amazing. And then, of course, it, it kind of died down and had to, you know, lay out some of the groundwork. And then the end, man, we were just on the edge of our seats for the rest of that match. And it was, it was fantastic. I know. I loved it. Yeah, um, overall, I give the match four stars. I think uh, it was it was a classic. Uh, the, again, the middle, it could have been three, four minutes shorter, I think would have really helped tighten things up a little bit. But even what we did get, the length it was, uh, I was very entertained throughout. I gave it four stars as well. Um, I thought the beginning was great. I thought the middle kind of got boring, like you guys were saying. And then the ending picked up and was just fantastic. It was a hot opener. The crowd was hot for it. Everybody was good. Good stuff. I also gave it four stars, and I just I want to give Eric Bischoff some credit. Um, I know that, obviously, the NWO and all that's what he's most known for and saving WCW, turning a profit, blah, blah, blah. But him stealing a page out of the Luchadors book and bringing the cruiserweights in was so ahead of its time with American wrestling. It was it just incredible. And so it was something that they really had a huge leg up over WWF with. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It was the cruiserweights in WCW, especially around this time, were just and, show stealers. And I was I was saying uh, to you guys while we were watching this is, granted, nowadays there's so much athleticism and NXT, WWE, and all that, um, that it seems like every other pay-per-view has an amazing opener of guys who are just flying all around. But as far as this goes, like 96, you are not going to find a more classic opener than something like this. This yeah. match kind of fits in the uh, Bound for Glory 2008. 
18 that we were watching the other day, Zach. Yeah, no, the, the, the style it works perfectly well with today's kind of more yeah. quick-paced. It, it, felt, it, it would have felt right at home on a t- very ahead of its time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, after that, we get a backstage <laughs> interview with Jeff Jarrett. And Lee Marshall. <laughs> and Lee Marshall, who is the interviewer. And If you want to ask us who Lee Marshall is, don't. I had to Google this because all I had written down was Mr. Mustache Guy. He, he was just a generic mustache 90s guy. And Jeff Jarrett was terrible here. He so was I, doing this like awkward giggle like after every sentence. Well, well so I've heard, you know, listening to the uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard podcast, he always does that, you know, the J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T-double-J-ha-ha-ha. Like, and he always does that. And I was like, you know, I haven't heard him do that that much. He was doing but, it so oh much. Oh, my God. Like, they would, they would, he would ask him, what was his name? The, the Lee interview? Marshall. Yeah, Lee would ask him a question, and he'd just immediately be like, ha, ha, well, the giant is going to go down tonight. Ha, ha, ha. That really was not a bad Jeff Jarrett impersonation. No, it was not at all. Yeah, I, 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 I should have started with that. The weird thing was, too, like, he just, like, came off as, like, kind of nervous. He just oh, dude, seemed he totally like, was. He was, ha, ha. He was ripped, though. Yeah, yeah he, he looked, looked, he looked great. Uh and then hey, Ric Flair shows up about halfway through the promo. Yeah, Luke. You want to know what this uh, this this promo made me do? What did it make you do? Ha, ha, ha. Thank you. All right, go yep. ahead. Ric Flair shows up about halfway through. He's out of control. He's just yelling and screaming and wooing. It, it's, a, it's a typical great Ric Flair promo because he is just out of control. There's probably no script. He's, he's just, vintage Flair. He's here. just screaming whatever he wants to scream. And basically said, yeah, they're going to beat the Giant uh, tonight, and the Giant's going, Giant's going down. He's wooing his ass off. Yes. And, and then, Jeff Jarrett looks freaking jacked. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He looks great here. And then uh, up next, we go to our next match, which is a battle for the ring, which as far as I could tell is just a normal match. <laughs> what, for a ring? Oh, you actually yeah. won a ring. Yeah. That's what yeah, it was. You didn't see that part, you, did you? I, well, yeah, he said, I'm the Lord of the Ring at the end, but I, I didn't know what that was. Jared Tolkien. Also, also, we got to... Just a, kidding. I think he was dead. It's Diamond Dallas Page versus Eddie Guerrero, but Diamond Dallas Page... He had a giant freaking cigar. He was stoking it he up. He was stoking it up. Belly. It, it was ba- the cigar was basically his manager in this match. <laughs> it really was. Uh, it was huge. This mm. was this was still pretty somewhat early on into his wrestling career, wasn't it? At this point. Yeah, yeah. And again, like we said, he is taking on the late and great Eddie Guerrero. Uh, we come to the match. DDP is working heel, which is just weird to see. We're not just gonna we're just gonna skim right over the fact that young ass Eddie Guerrero has a sick mullet and like a yeah. This is like mustache just mullet, mustache. Yeah. Uh, Eddie oh, and Guerrero. a singlet. Yeah. He's looking great. Just so you guys know, I just looked it up. 1989 was Diamond Dallas Page's uh, first year as a active wrestler. Oh, really? So I'm he sorry was, we disrespected he you. He was a good amount of years into his run then. Uh, but still, it's just weird to see him working heel because, of course, later in WCW's history... Once we history, get done with this match, I'm going to gush about Diamond Dallas. That's good. Oh, yes, you should. Of <laughs> course, he would go on to kind of be the big baby face. Uh, Not just in name. professional wrestling, but as a person, he's the big baby face yeah. because he saves lives. Hey, Definitely. hold on, hold on. Let us have some material to gush. Go ahead. Let's go through the match then real quick. <laughs> uh, so DDP comes out. First thing, spits on Eddie Guerrero to start the, the match. Eddie gets sent into the rail and then they get sent back inside. Uh, Nick Patrick, at this point, I notice, is wearing this comedic neck brace and will be wearing it throughout the show. Also, and, like, Kenny he, Powers. He's Kenny Powers. He looks so much like Danny McBride. He does. And also, he kind of looks like Isaac Yankum, too, a little bit. But it's Ooh. definitely Danny McBride. For sure. It's just the, the, the mustache combo, I think. The whole time, I'm just thinking, like, Kenny Powers. and um, that's, uh, For sure. That's Isaac Yankum DDS to you. Okay, sorry, Dad. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, so Nick Patrick is just wincing. He's overselling this like phantom. I don't know. I'm sure there was an, an angle leading into it, but it was just funny to just see him show up in a neck brace on this show. And every time he counted a pin, 
he had to use his other arm to prop prop him so up. So it looked like he was like posing for a painting or something. It, so was, it was hilarious. Her. It was awesome. And this is just where the hilarity and starts. And he's the NWO ref, right? Did we mention that? Yeah, he's a little crooked at this point. I don't little? know if it's full on yet, but did you watch this show? V crooked. I'm, yeah. V crooked. Am I am I being a Nick Patrick sympathizer right now? Yes. Yeah, you better not be. Ooh, he's basically the Hitler of referees. He's basically anti Slick Johnson. He's everything we do. We could have used Slick on the show. Oh yeah. God, yes. I love you, Slick. <laughs> Should we get into the match? Yeah. the podcast. All right. So Eddie uh, gets sent back inside after getting sent into the rail. Uh, does an Eddie headlock onto DDP for a while, then a nice drop kick. And then DDP uh, gets caught in the ropes and then gets kicked outside of the ring. He like got caught like horizontally in the ropes and kind of like, like Zelina Vega does now or like Andrade almost does now. And then Eddie just kicks him out of the ring. Uh, a lot of them getting sent outside of the ring in this match. Uh, and then Eddie dives outside and just lands on his feet. Like that's just the way he got out of the ring. He like plunged over the top rope and just landed on his feet. Well, it looked like he was trying to go for Paige and then Paige moved. Yeah. And was, Paige was kind of thinking he was sneaky. Eddie jumped over and, and just got yeah, landed on his feet. And then he sends DDP into the guardrail, and then... He slapped s- him after that. Yeah, slapped Diamond him. Diamond Dallas Page turned around, and he smacked the shit out of him. Yes, and then they get sent back into the ring. DDP gets chopped really hard in the corner. A lot of good chops on the show. Eddie gets slammed into the ropes and then sent into the steps outside. Uh, Eddie gets sent into the guardrail, then they go back inside yet, yet again. DDP goes for a dirty pin, but uh, Nick Patrick sees it and says no. There's a military... Tell you... T- a military press... Easy for you to uh, say. T- thank you. Which DDP drops Eddie right on his face. Like, oh, yeah, that was... That was he kind landed of right on his head off of that uh, military press, and then there's a gut buster to Eddie for a near fall, and then a tilt a whirl side slam for another DDP near fall. And then Nick Patrick uh, gets mad at DDT about something. Did DDP. you just call him DDT? I did. DDP over something, and then kind of shoves him, and then the Nick Patrick goes full dad mode. Nick Patrick does not take that. He shoves down DDP so hard that it allows Eddie Guerrero to get a near fall. Well, and then and then Dude, he punked him. Yeah, and then he got him in the corner and was like. You know, pointing at he him was in the like face dressing and him screaming. Down in the it corner. was like it was like he just found out his son drank for the first time and was giving him a tongue lashing. And DDP was like begging. Yeah, begging. yeah, yeah. He DDP was, was like the court, scared, like begging for mercy. Wait, which, 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 let's also get to the fact that I think DDP was kind of the heel here, he and was. Nick Patrick's a heel referee. <laughs> there, it was it was a weird dynamic they had going here. It was but to just, be fair, there was no NWO member in this match, so he was kind of calling it down the middle. This was like the only one that Nick Patrick did that didn't have NWO member. That's well, true. Nick, Nick disappeared after the next match for a while. Did he? Yeah. He was in there for a few, I thought. He, he did the second, third, and fourth, I think. Yeah. And then disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Uh, so then, of course, so after after uh, Nick Patrick yells at DDP in the corner, they make amends and shake hands. And that's literally the last. That goes nowhere else. That's the last time you'll see them argue in this match, uh, which was just like, I thought that was going to go somewhere, but apparently not. Um, and then there's an Eddie roll up for a near fall and then a sunset flip for a near fall. They trade several roll up attempts at this point. So Eddie goes for the roll up. DDP goes for the roll up. A lot of near falls there. And then DDP misses a kick. It's a huge European uppercut by Eddie. Then there's a flying crossbody to DDP outside. And then back in the ring, um, Eddie Guerrero eats a big pancake for a near fall by DDP. Then there's a sit out power bomb um, for a DDP near fall. Uh, again, DDP is the much larger man in this match and is getting a lot of the big, big man offense in. Um, and then, kind of out of nowhere, there's a diamond cutter, and DDP gets the win. You forgot about Diamond Dallas Page hitting the uh, the pancake. Styles Clash. The oh, pancake. you called it a pancake. Yeah, it, it's it, really called a Styles Clash. It's like a Styles Clash, but no, he doesn't lock the arms behind the legs. It's his signature. He difference. calls it the pancake. Yes, and then uh, and then he hits the the diamond cutter for the win. Uh, I thought it was a pretty okay match. I gave it three stars. Um, it was not a match of the year contender, but it, it just I thought they had good chemistry with each other. It was good. I gave it three as well. I I was entertained. Um, 
we talked a few weeks ago about a match, and I forget what the match was that should have been better. It was good, but it could have been better, and I think this is one of those that yeah. It, it, there's one more on this show too that I think is like this, but this could have this. The two guys are so talented they could have uh, been a five star match. And I agree. I, I agree. God damn it, I miss Eddie Guerrero. Me too. Yeah, man. me yeah, too. That makes all of us, man. But then again, you do got to consider that you know Eddie's always been good, but he was super young. He was young here, and they have conflicting styles, and that yeah, kind, for sure. That's kind of hard to get that chemistry. So no, that's true. That's true. Uh, I gave it, I gave it three stars. I actually thought I, I enjoyed it. Um, DDP, and this is this is where we get to the the gushing part. DDP is, I, I just have so much respect for him. Not only, I mean, first of all, as a wrestler, um, his move set was always really unique. He had the flapjack, uh, pancake, and all that good stuff. And just tilt the whirls out the butt, good stuff like that. But uh, he, he just he got started so late in the game and still was able to build such a legacy. Like that's so impressive to me. But most of all, he's just he's probably the greatest humanitarian in in wrestling history. Right? Oh, for sure. And it's it's a damn shame how the WWE treated him as an active member of the roster. Yeah, he could have oh, yeah. been. He the stalking angle was garbage. He could have had. You know, he could have done way more. I heard an idea that was pitched for a people's champion feud between The Rock and Diamond Dallas Page, and I think that would have been excellent. Well, it's just wild that in the whole invasion, because he was part of the invasion, or did he come Correct. a little after? Yeah, invasion. Yeah, he could have led the damn charge, Should especially have. especially when they had you know so little. They had all those guys with contract disputes and all that who just sat at home. He was the, what the highest profile. Him and Booker there. T. Yeah. Yeah. So he should have been leading the charge. Like, there's no question. So that angle could have been so much better if they could have got a Savage or a Sting or a Flair or a Hogan and you know brought some more guys in. But when you just base it around Booker T and DDP and a bunch of no-name guys. And then they brought the ECW guys in, which was cool, but then they just completely buried everybody. Yeah, it's, no, the invasion... We, we can do a whole show on, on how it should have been booked yeah. in the invasion, and yeah. several people have, but... Again, I mean, Zach, we talked the other day. We were we were kind of debating online with friend of the podcast, Dakota, that um, Vince ruins things that he didn't create. I yeah, mean, and largely, Diamond, uh, Diamond Dallas Page is one of those guys. Yeah, no, largely he. I would agree with you. I think on a lot of counts there. Um, yeah. So. Also, I mean, DDP saved Jake the Snake's life, saved Scott Hall's life. Just that alone, I mean, deserves all the credit in the world. And he's just the ultimate good guy. Um, he's got DDP yoga, which, I mean, there's you've literally seen. There's like this war vet that couldn't run or couldn't even walk. He was wheelchair right. bound, and all of a sudden did DDP yoga and could straight up sprint. Like it's literally he's he's just changed lives and. He's amazing. I love you. We love you. Friend of the podcast, Mm -hmm. Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, So after that, we got uh, potentially (laughs) my favorite moment, my favorite part of this pay-per-view. I loved this so much. So (laughs) Randy Savage is cutting a promo backstage. Can you explain what he's wearing? Oh, absolutely. He's dressed head to toe uh, in what I can only call Slim Jim propaganda. Because he's got this this orange and black suit. It's it's his it's his ring gear. And it's then he's got what his he, jacket. It's the stuff that you're used to seeing Macho Man wear. Except, except it says "rip into it." No, all snap over. into it. Snap, snap into, into it. it with, in black and orange. Uh, Which, by the way, if you live in a cave, I mean, Macho Man was like the exclusive spokesperson for yes. Slim Jims. He was. Slim, he was Slim Jim. He was Mr. Jim at this point, and he is dressed. <laughs> I'm not joking. You head to toe in Slim Jim apparel, and. 
first he cuts a promo about Hogan and he's just out of control. He's yelling and screaming. And then after that, he's past flair on the out of control meter. And then after that, Mike Tenay's like, all right, it's time to announce the contest winner. And they, they bring out this like giant slim Jim, yeah, giant, giant slim Jim box. Yeah. Which macho man rips in half. And then he picks a winner out and but he says, <laughs> my mommy can't win this one. Cause that would be bad. And then who wins? Joan Machalik of Michigan. So, so congratulations, or, Joan. Was it Joan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And either Joe or Joan. It was it, okay. It was Joan. Yeah. It was Joan because he mentioned taking her on a date in the truck that she just won. Joan Machalik. And when you see this, when we describe this truck that shows up, I had a hard time keeping it. Kyle together. was drinking water when the truck came out, and he literally spit his water out. And that's in that's in the main event, but um, I, I was choking on my water. And uh, <laughs> I loved this whole. Segment. Oh yeah, no, I loved dude. everything about I, it. I was giggling. I was, yeah, I was absolutely giddy the whole time. And then the last part that really cracked me up was like Mike Tanay was like, "Thank you very much, Macho." One more thing. Just cuts off <laughs> Mike, Mike Tanay. Just out of nowhere, just screams, and I died. And what, what did he say so, after the one more thing? I don't even remember. I don't remember, but it was funny. <laughs> and then after that, it gets even better because then after that, uh, the uh, Tony Schiavone talks about how if you want to log into your CompuServe, he says, uh, "WCW computer users, you can log into CompuServe and talk live to a WCW wrestler right now." And then they cut to some other backstage area, and you have Chris Jericho sitting next to some IT nerd on this like old like Windows ninety five laptop, and yeah. Jericho's telling him what to write, <laughs> and then he's like, he's "Just ghostwriting." Oh, it was just so great. And then we go to Tanae and Dean Malenko we're just going all over the place yeah and then we get to Tanae and Dean Malenko Dean just says he's really glad to be the new champion and he'll give Ray another shot or something yeah and Ray if Ray wants if anybody wants another shot Ray or otherwise uh, just get wait in line I'm gonna be fighting everybody and then I thought alright it's time for this match at this point I was almost certain they were like delaying for a cage match set up or something they weren't but it was just I don't know if they had to get these next guys in a position or what because then we have an NWO interview where DiBiase uh, is in the middle of the crowd and he's talking with the giant and Virgil's just standing there for all of these NWO interviews. By Vir- the way. Virgil is sitting here and he's so annoyed because he just wants to go to Olive Garden get he that meat sauce money. He never gets to say anything. That fuck money meat sauce, baby. And then uh, basically, yeah, DiBiase puts the giant over and that leads directly into our next match which is the giant versus Jeff Jarrett with Ric Flair in um, Jarrett's corner. Uh, and Rick is going nuts this whole match. Rick, there's one point in the match, which we'll get into it, but Rick literally stops the match to cut a promo. In the middle of this match, he grabs a microphone and just starts cutting a promo. And oh. you can hear him just screaming like, like uh, get up, Jeff, get up, Jeff. It was awesome. It was funny. It was hilarious. Uh, this match, however, was not so funny. I also want to point out right now. Yes, please. Me and Zach were fucking dying throughout the show. I and, thought the show was hilarious. And Luke is like... This is bad. No, and no. Not until the end. That wasn't not until the, the end. end. Yeah. Stop it. But to he did not fair, find it as funny fair. as me no, and Zach I, did. I found this you know, I thought I, I, This, man. I guess we'll get into the match, but... Uh, so Jeff Jarrett starts out with a strut to begin the match, and then Flair's firing the crowd up. He's, like, running back and forth at ringside, like... Like high cheerleader. the crowd, like going crazy. The crowd, it's worth noting, is way more into Flair than they are this actual match. Ma- Macho Man and Ric Flair are having a uncontrollable off. If that makes sense, because they're seeing who can be more crazy, more yes. nuts, and more out of control. Uh, yeah, and so Flair's going crazy this whole time. Also, Jeff Jarrett's uh, outfit is awful. Sucks. He looks like so does so does 
It's the, the Giants. They both the both these two are it's, wearing. It's the double J one that he did in WWF like early on. Those those white small thin yeah spaghetti straps, and then uh, the Giant of course is billed as Andre's son. So he's wearing like the Andre the, singlet, yeah, the singlet, and it does him no favors. No, you can see he doesn't. It's he does tight. not leave much to the imagination. Uh, so we start the match off. Uh, the Giant hits a big sidewalk slam to Jeff Jarrett, and then a beal to Jarrett. Uh, Jarrett tries to uh, kind of get back into things. The, he gets a sleeper on the giant outside the ring. There's some corner strikes. Uh, Flair teases some involvement here. He does not get involved, though, uh, yet. And then the giant headbutts Jeff Jarrett uh, in the nuts. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a headbutt to the nuts spot that really that I often. I feel like that was one of his signatures, though. I feel was like it? He, yeah, I feel like he did that a lot. Just It's a good time for nut trauma. We will get more nut trauma, by the way, later on. This, actually, of all the things to hit somebody else's nuts with, why your would, head? All why right. your head? Because he's right. got a. I mean, that head probably weighs forty pounds, right? And he's slamming it's, that. It's quite boy. the melon going into those grapefruits. <laughs> it really is. Uh, there's a backbreaker again to Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Flair cuts a mid-match promo here. This is when he grabs the mic, just starts going ham. Uh, then there's a crossbody by the giant, and then or from Jeff Jarrett to the giant, and then it gets countered into a bear hug by the giant, and then into two backbreakers, and then another bear hug, and then there's two Jeff Jarrett drop kicks, which Jeff Jarrett gets up for the he. We got to give the guy credit when it's due. We, we like to give people credit when they deserve it. Jeff Jarrett got up. He has. He was in the sky for these drop. You kicks. know, I've always liked Jarrett. Yeah, and I know you guys, you guys don't really like Jarrett very much, but you cannot deny how pretty that drop Man, kick is. Especially when you see it on somebody as tall as the giant, because he you was know at else? his head. You know who else has a really good drop kick that I don't like? Randy Orton. Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. He, he has a great drop He kick. has a great drop kick, and I can't stand him. Ha um, ha <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Double Jeff. Uh, so again, that was two nice drop kicks there. Uh, to the giant and then he goes for a body slam but the giant just counters it into a cross body basically just falls on Jarrett and that gets a near fall and then uh, there's a double axe handle cross body for a Jeff Jarrett near fall and then he goes for the figure four outside and then um, it gets countered and then Jeff Jarrett gets uh, kicked out of the ring and then he throws the big show into the post outside then we get the figure four outside I guess the figure four earlier he tried was inside and then he got kicked out of the ring and then outside, he does get the figure four in, and then it gets countered by the giant, and then he teases a choke slam, and then Flair comes up from behind out of nowhere and just punches Show right in the dick to uh, call for the DQ. And so Big Show wins, or sorry, the giant wins. Wow. By disqualification. I thought this match was pretty boring. It was so boring. Uh, it was so <laughs> bad. It's not a good match. Uh, it's not the worst match on the card. At least we got dick trauma. Uh, and we got Ric Flair wooing and wooing and wooing. I gave it uh, uh, 1.75. I gave it 1.5. I was not entertained. The only thing that kept it up was the dick trauma, the drop kicks, and, and Flair. Ric Flair. I didn't like this match because it was bad. <laughs> I gave it a, I gave it one and a half stars. And uh, yeah, no, it sucked. And I will say, though, Ric Flair having a live mic made it a little bit better. Yeah, him, him popping out that live mic was <laughs> hilarious. Ridiculous. That was great. I mean, how can you focus on the match anyway? But... um. I can only think of the giant also. I can only think of him. I don't know if it was the Halloween Havoc in 95 or 94, but whenever him and Hogan faced off in sumo monster trucks, um, he fell off of the top of Kobo Hall and like him and Hogan were like fighting outside the trucks and all of a sudden they're on top of the side of the building and he's just like, whoa, he's like flailing his arms. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And it was just as ridiculous as can, as can be. What is WCW's obsession with monster trucks? They're cool, man. This was the late 90s. Yeah, dude, 90s. this was Gravedigger. This, was, I, I this was Gravedigger's freaking heyday. This is monster truck mania. It was nuts. 
Uh, so after that uh, wonderful match, uh, it was bad. The horsemen run out. The four horsemen run out to aid Ric Flair, and then uh, DiBiase uh, is back in the stands and with Virgil and Six by his side. And Virgil is just standing there, lonely again. Yet again, he does not get to say a word on the show. Uh, and this time, DiBiase is talking about how much better Six is than Jericho, which can only mean one thing, and that is that this next match is Six versus Jericho. Sexy Chris Jericho. This is like baby Chris. I mean, yeah, Jericho's a handsome, handsome guy. I, I, the I'll flowing locks, like no, dude, he looks, he looks good. I don't know if I'd say handsome, but no I'd homo, say cute, but because he still looks like a little boy. He's dashing. Well, uh, let's get into the match. Okay. Uh, so we have a grapple exchange to start. Uh, nice Irish whip exchange. Lots of technical stuff here in the beginning of the match, and then Jericho just lays out six with this big boy chop. Sounds like a gunshot's going off in the arena. Uh, the corner splash to six. Uh, Jericho. Gets kicked off the top rope to the outside. He's sent to the barricade. And then uh, there's a senton by Six to the outside. And then Six stomps Jericho in the corner. And then there's some more chops to Jericho this time from Six. Then a chin lock to Jericho. And then a nice spin kick uh, and then a flying knee to Jericho from Six on the apron. And then we get a, a top rope... Uh, Six went for a top rope Bronco Buster, it looked like. That was weird. I've and, never seen him do yeah, that before. And then Jericho just kind of moved out of the way. Uh, and... Cause six to crash into the turnbuckle, and there's a back body drop to six, and then who rolls out of the ring to take a breather. And Chris Jericho says, "Nope, not on my watch." Hits a top rope crossbody outside to six, um, and a lot of uh, I noticed a lot of the offense did go to six in this match. Jericho got most of his offense off reversals and uh, counters and things like that, which I thought was interesting. Um, so Jericho gets up top, he hits a back elbow for a near fall, and then hits snake eyes. Uh, gets snake eyed by six, I should say. Uh, and then there's a crossbody countered into a drop kick for a near fall by six. And the flapjack lion salt uh, to his back. Yeah, there's a flapjack which knocks six down to his back. And then he hits a, a lion salt onto the back into a bridging pin, which is pretty cool. And then we got a crossbody for a near fall. And then uh, six hit a spin kick kind of for an abrupt win. That um, was a weird ending. It was. This was an okay match. This was not a bad match. No. Um, I think given. What they could have done again? We said this with X Pac last week that it just seems like this could have been more. I give it two point eight. Uh, I wanted to give it three, but I just wanted to see it hit that next gear, and it never did. Um, but there was some fun stuff in it. Uh, it was not a bad match, I don't think. I give it two point seven five, and these are probably two of the most talented wrestlers on this roster at this time, because X Pac is severely underrated, and Chris Jericho is the goat. So as he calls himself. And I kind of think so sometimes. But they could have done a lot more. And I, I wasn't disappointed because I liked the match, but I was wanting more out of it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I gave it two and three quarters. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was good. It was solid. The finish was weird. And X-Pac, when he feels like it, it, I didn't realize this before, but now that I'm going back and watching more X-Pac matches, and we love you, by the way, but... It was when he felt like putting on a good match, he would put on a good show, but he wasn't feeling like putting on that great of a match here. And he was, and he was younger. I mean, you got to figure he's not too far departed from the one, two, three kid. Yeah, at this him, point. him and Jericho are both really young too. And I'm sure you know, giving them a, a match like two or three years later could have torn the house down. Also, we've For never sure. we've never really commented on this, Zach, but. What the hell is up with 2.8? What is up What is up with your weird decimal I, system I just of stars? Was, I thought it was better than 2.75, but I didn't want to give it a 3. Okay. 
Fair enough. The, Luke. the Zachary decimal system. Exactly. Or? Luke, exactly. just leave him alone, man. Uh, so after that stop. match, uh, guys, can you please stop fighting? We have a professional, Sorry, we have a professional podcast we're running here. Sorry. Uh, so after that, we get, hey, my favorite thing in the world, a Lex Luger interview. Okay. Okay. You guys need to look up Lex Luger. Like his face. No, thank you. His face in this uh, interview. He looks just like I picture the Ultimate Warrior without makeup. Especially, it's the hair, dude. It's, it's the, the hair. hair it's the, the build. It's the ugly nose. It's a lot of stuff. The jacked. Yeah, the muscles. Just big guy with no talent that wrestles. That's big. Uh, so basically, he says here we're that, burying you, Lex Luger. Just yeah, don't bury are. us, please. And hey, not you, Ultimate Warrior. Just just Luger. Yeah. Uh, and then basically, all he says is he's gonna beat. Uh, he's gonna beat Arn Anderson. Which in, is in many match. words that yes. weren't necessary. Uh, that, it was, this was a bad promo. And we do get uh, a match that is Lex Luger versus Arn Anderson. And Arn Anderson needs to just shave his goddamn head. He's got like the Friar Tuck hairstyle going on here. It's like the reverse Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it really is. Like, uh, oh, oh, Tyson Kidd. Remember when he... When he had the bangs? Yeah, when he had the weird bangs only and then the rest of like his hair that. was bald and it was just spiked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's ugly. Just the middle-aged version. This is when I noticed the Crockett tombstone for the first time because they zoomed in on it. They very much wanted you to see it. And like you, and like you said, uh, Zach, you commented, Arn Anderson has, has just eternally been middle-aged. He was born in his 40s. Yeah, he, like. he looks like he should be barbecuing. He does. And I mean that in a good way. Friend and spine bustering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have like a kiss the cook uh, apron on and a nice spatula with his favorite football team carved into the bottom, which I'm just going to go out there and guess it's probably like the Colts or something. Oh, I see him as like a Packers fan. No, he, he's, he's like one of those he's like one of those mid guys, you know, Mid's, maybe the uh, maybe Midwest. the Falcons, the Panthers. He's from North Carolina. Oh, there you go. There there you go. go. go Colts. Uh, I guess we got to talk about this match now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so Arn gets the early offense in. Uh, there's a nice gut punch, and then corner strikes to Lex. A military press to Arn from Lex, who then gets sent outside. We get a double axe handle off the apron to uh, Arn from Lex, and then Arn gets ran into the corner. Back in the ring, eats a power slam, and then there's a backbreaker to Arn from Lex for a near fall. Um, Arn gets put in like the inverted tree of woe, which causes Lex to just kick him in the back a bunch of times. Arn does recover and hits the classic Arn Anderson spinebuster, best ever. Yes, easily the best easily. ever. I can buy that. I can buy that. Best ever. And then uh, we get a ref bump here after the inverted tree of woe spot. And then uh, there's an abdominal stretch spot here that I did not need to see. Can I can I stop you for a minute? At one point of this match, Lex Luger's thrown out of the ring, and somebody in the crowd takes all their popcorn oh. and dumps it on Lex Luger. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, Lex just gets popcorned. It was so funny. Is, it, it, is this, he supposed to be the face here? I don't know. I, I don't know either. He was kind of shades of gray. And, and but, but shades of shit. So the horsemen, brown, are are faces. I think because in the in the 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 Jeff Jarrett match, Jeff Jarrett is kind of part of the horsemen, but he's not. Yeah, and they're facing the NWO, who are the heels. Yeah, I guess I guess they kind of technically are the and, faces here. And then later on, the faces of fear, who have got to be the heels, are facing Christopher Benoit and Steve Mongo McMichael. True. Yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, so, so I don't know what's going so on. So the ref bump happens. The ref is down. And so we get outside of the ring. Arn goes for a chair shot. He misses it. And then there's probably the sloppiest slingshot I've ever seen in my entire life. Shitty. I, right into the so Slim Jim post. Arn sloppily gets sent into the Slim Jim post. But he barely he he barely made it. Uh, and then Arn gets suplexed outside the ring. And then Lex uh, hits Arn with a chair outside hard several times. And this is like a, I think as you put it, as Luke put it, a bingo hall chair. 
It's like this old like gold chair. Yeah, it is. It is the chair that we've seen in every uh, like small church, um, every every yeah. small recreational senior center. It's that chair, and yeah, they were and Lex whacking just each assaults other. him outside. By this point, they get back in the ring. The ref is recovered. Lex puts uh, Arn in the torture rack, who can't stand the pain and quits. Uh, this Me match, neither. this match sucked. I give it uh, 1.25. I gave it one. I was so bored. And then afterwards, Luger just would not let up on that torture. Yeah, rack. Luger after post match, Luger kept the torture rack in, which uh, caused the horsemen come out and help. And then uh, he actually even got put on a stretcher after that as well. Luke, what did you think of the match? God, I forgot that he even got put on a stretcher because I just wanted to block that shit out. I uh, I gave it a one, but I kind of want to give it like a three quarter of a star. But I'll, I'll stick with the one just because Arn Anderson and it had some offense in it. Like things happened. It was just all garbage except for that beautiful spine buster and the beautiful sing shot. That <laughs> right, sing right shot. into the. By the way, did yeah. we mention uh, not, like how, just how far they sold out on Slim Jim? Like, because the turnbuckle posts are all Slim Jim. They're Slim Jim. You can't go. You don't go a minute. I think probably literally in the show without seeing a Slim probably Jim. Probably less than less than a minute. It's probably like thirty. Because it, it's everywhere. Where the it's aprons. On, it's on the ring. It's yeah, it's on, on the, the apron. apron. It's on the corner post. God. It's on the, the logo for the show. It's on the. It's on all the commentary people's shirts. It's all over Macho Man. Slim Jim. And I don't mind. Like, hey, hey. That must have paid Hogan's contract that night. I understand. I love Slim Jims. That you got to have sponsors and you got to do what you got to do. But this was a little invasive. Uh, but hey, I love Slim Jims. I want to snap into one right now. I'll, I'll eat a Slim Jim, but if I'm going to get a meat stick from the store, I'm going Tillamook pepperoni <laughs> every time. <laughs> I do. I like Slim Jims, but I just give me that fresh, that fresh Tillamook, you know? Luke knows what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about that, that like the extra, extra hot Slim Jim. That's just so good. See, I feel like they always tasted super artificial. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, well, they're one of our Slim Jim sponsorship. <laughs> Slim Jim's no longer going to sponsor us. Sorry. Um, Sorry, so Kyle. backstage, uh, uh, Lee is back after his sabbatical of a few backstage interviews. Uh, he's, he's in the locker room this time, and he wants to know where do you think Sting is? Why don't you call the WCW hotline? And which which WCW blocked, so we couldn't try to call it. We were gonna call this hotline, and it said number no longer active on the screen, so we couldn't. And then the Harlem Heat with Sherry and who I can only describe as a plantation owner. It's as Colonel the Harlem Heat's manager, Robert Parker, and this is like. The most racist thing that I've ever seen. It's like an uh, old white couple. He's like it. It's like an 1800s plantation owner as their manager. Yeah, because I guess like yeah, he's all in the white Colonel Sanders outfit with the cowboy hat, which isn't too far from when he played Tennessee Lee with Double J in the WWF. But and then Sherry's like in a in a Southern Belle. You're right. She's yeah. in like a Southern Belle dress. It's re. It's. And it's like they're definitely implying something. And then, and then like, you have Brain and uh, Dusty Rhodes, I think, even, like, referring to Harlem Heat as thugs and, like... Yeah, there were some problematic things happening. Booker, with T, Booker T's dealt with a lot of shit. I'm not yeah, going to lie. This was kind of uncomfortable in a way because it was, like, you're really poking fun at these guys for being fucking slaves. It was... It, it was... They, they, they didn't... So, the thing is, they didn't come out and just say it. No. But... They it was implied heavily it. implied, and it it was it was just one of those things that made it's, it's. You look back at it, and there's a lot of wrestling things we all cringe at. That this was uh, one of them for me. Ka- for Katie sure. Vick is one of them. Uh, Snitsky kicking the baby, as funny as that was, is one of them. And this is it definitely a fault. Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely implied, and it was definitely very uncomfortable. It was, it was just cringeworthy. And we we weren't. I don't know. I don't think we noticed a lot of these nuances, but in this day and age, we're just a lot more sensitive to. Yeah, we're just well, a lot more attuned and, to and also tasteless when, shit. When me and Zach probably watched this show, we were like five years old the first time. Yeah. 
so we didn't, weren't thinking about things like I that. I was one. And you um, were just a little boy. So it does lead into our next match, which is going to be the uh, Harlem Heat. No, I'm sorry. That's a lie. It's going to be the Faces of Fear, which is Mang and the Barbarian versus... Uh, uh, Mike McMichael, Steve, Steve McMichael, Steve Mongo McMichael, and, and Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit. I uh, gotta point uh, out, Jimmy Hart <laughs> walks the faces of fear out to the ring, and he they are, they are dressed in like dark, they're yeah. dark colors, gray, black, white, kind of. And out comes Jimmy Hart with he the, the most colorful, ridiculous suit that has on the back the faces of fear. Um, Conan and Kevin Sullivan's faces on it, and then of course his tie is himself airbrushed. It is just he, phenomenal. He always looked. He always he always looks very colorful and and outlandish. But man, I could hardly hear the entrance music over how loud his suit was <laughs> as he came out of the ring. God, he, he looks great. Man. And if if I could ever get my hand on that suit, I would be proud. You know, he's auctioned off so many because he had like one for every pay per view, didn't he? Yeah, something different I that was all so. like airbrushed. And these guys were part of the Dungeon of Doom, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we do oh, get. Oh, can I stop oh, you real no, quick? Yeah, please. Also, we forgot to mention that in the they keep showing out in the crowd, Kevin Sullivan, Conan, and Ray Trailer, who's right. formerly known as the Big Boss Man, and they're just kind of hanging out, enjoying the show for now. Uh, and then this does lead into our match, and it starts out with Ming and McMichael are in the match. Uh, the grapple exchange to start. There's a kind of like a couple like big man shoulder blocks where neither man's going to go down. Um, they both kind of no sell it. And then Mingno sells a clothesline, and then he eventually does get tackled down by McMichael. And then Barbarian and Benoit come in. Benoit uh, eats some corner chops. There's a bridging suplex near fall uh, to Barbarian from Benoit that was really nice. Uh, man, Benoit, even at this early stage in his career, was just everything was so snug and everything was so You could uh, tell tight. that he had it. Yeah, you yeah. could tell he had that it factor uh, here. Um, he's got the cool four horsemen uh, tights on with the 4-H uh, that looked really cool. He... Um, Barbarian cannot sink the Boston Crab in on Benoit, and then McMichael and Ming are back in, and then Ming palm strikes the he- palm strikes the hell out of McMichael, sends him into the corner, and then hits a chop block, and then Ming it's, eats uh, a spin kick, and there's a double headbutt to McMichael. So the both, double headbutt was cool. Both of the members of the Faces of Fear headbutted McMichael. Oh, that was sweet. That was awesome. This is when things started to get a little messy here. Um, so they there's a body slam to McMichael. He misses a drop kick to Ming. And then another body slam by McMichael. Then Benoit and Ming get in. And then Barbarian gets in. And they powerbomb Benoit. There's a near fall there. And then Benoit gets choked against the ropes. And doesn't like that. And then he gets up on the top rope. And then he eats this huge top rope German suplex by McMichael uh, from the top rope. That was just the impact. It was by Benoit. It was by Benoit. I apologize. But the impact on that suplex was for both men. I think Benoit might have eaten the worst of it, actually. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you go back in retrospect... Benoit ate the worst of like a lot of moves, which kind of yeah, kind of which speaks is, to yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's hard to it's 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 hard to watch Chris Benoit matches sometimes. Yeah, uh, the, well, there's there's two parts of me, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a part of me that loves watching Chris Benoit matches because he was a phenomenal pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I partway feel guilty watching Chris Benoit yeah, matches. No, I know exactly and how enjoying you feel. it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. How you feel. and you know, there, there's like there's like a band that I like called the Lost Prophets. And their lead singer did some very despicable things as well, and like I, I love their music, but like when I listen to it, like part of me feels bad, and I'm, I'm in the same stage with Chris Benoit. I'm like, you were a fucker, but you were great. He but was. It's just a shame that he couldn't have just been an, a shit wrestler. It's a shame that he couldn't have just sort taken himself and well, not his yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. No, no. To, to be honest, yeah, sorry, that made me sound shitty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's not how I it, meant it's, that. It's really like as bad as as I'm. I'm this sounds too like, I just wish he would have taken himself only. 
Yeah, because he took a, he because you know, nobody ever wants anybody to do yeah. any of that. But if it's going to happen, don't take the kid and the yeah. wife. Yeah, like, it's a shame. Yeah. He was on his way to being one of the best. ever. He was one of the best ever. And I mean, just, that that 2004 run was so fun. Was incredible. I know. Yeah. I know. Anyways, uh, then we get another double flying headbutt this time for a near fall because uh, the ref is a little bit distracted here because stuff's starting to get a little hairy outside the ring. Uh, and then Ming, there's a, br- a briefcase gets introduced somewhere. Uh, it, it's a hor- the horseman's briefcase, right? Somehow gets introduced here and then Ming gets hit with it. And then Benoit hits up, gets up top for the flying headbutt for the win. Um there was some hairy, like, outside ring stuff happening towards the end of this match. I don't know where the briefcase came from or what was in the briefcase, but Ming ate the briefcase and then ate the flying headbutt. Uh, I give the match 2.5, and then there's a little post-match uh, scuffle that happens as well. Okay, the, the post-match scuffle was Conan, Ray Trailer, and Sullivan jump into the ring and attack Benoit and Mongo. And the rest of the four horsemen are nowhere The horsemen never come out. I don't know if, if it was supposed to be they were supporting Arn. Uh, it, it was weird. I gave it two and a third stars. I, uh, I also want to tell a story about Ming. You or guys Haku. Haku. So this is fun. You guys should Google Haku fight stories. So I Googled one so I can I can read it to you guys. Okay. Okay. Um basically Kevin Sullivan and Ming walked into a bar one night and a local guy playing pool called Ming a derogatory name. Right? So Haku ends up fighting the guy. Another guy gets involved and it says, after this, things got even crazier. Haku bit through the guy's shirt like a wolf and bit a chunk out of the guy's back and spit it on the floor. And then Kevin Sullivan said, I think it's time to go. Uh, so you might have had a tumultuous night, but it wasn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think anybody. Like, and still to this day, that man is missing a part of his back. So I would, I would hope anybody listening to this podcast afterwards goes and looks up Haku fight stories because they were incredible. There's plenty of them. And he... And that's not even like the worst He's one. Monster, that was just the first dude. one that popped up. I mean, he was from everything I hear, people loved him and he was super nice, but once you switch turn that switch, man, he he was a savage. I I believe Pritchard's podcast, they said that he was the nicest person until you flip the switch. Oh wow, that's crazy. And Jeez. now he, of course he's managing his children in uh the Bull, OG Bullet Club over in New Japan. And so. there was there's a really fun story um a couple years ago where his nephew um Dwayne went and bought him Who? Dwayne oh went and bought him a new car with all of his movie monies because Haku uh, really Haku really uh helped helped him out early helped in the, his career helped young Rocky and Maya oh, Via out so it's fun how all these wrestlers kind of connect oh for sure um uh, also I gave this two and a half stars all right so we're on the same page for that one um and Kevin Sullivan so I don't know if we mentioned this but Chris, oh yeah please get into Chris, it so Chris Benoit came out with I don't know if they called Nancy Benoit woman uh, it was just yeah she was just woman was she okay because I know the ECW she was but I yeah, wasn't she, sure but she, she was uh, her title card just said woman okay and then Mongo McMichael I guess he was married to Deborah at this point or he, yes he was with Deborah, and this is a young Deborah. like yeah. I could not even recognize her um, definitely she went through a lot yeah, in a few years yeah prior boob job too um but Kevin Sullivan got like he like took his shirt and everything off. He was down to just his uh, wife beater, and he was and like gave this threatening look to woman. Yeah, like he was, but he was like, yeah, I, it was I guess creepy. he didn't really, he didn't really like, um, get too physical with her. But he pretty much got as close as you could, and was just being really, really strange. Yeah, it was, it was weird for no reason. Not a good ending. And then he turned around and took out Benoit and just laid them out, and they're dead. But two and a half stars, Mang is good. Ooh, what? 
Ooh, that too soon. Phrasing. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so after moving that, uh, Ted DiBiase is once again uh, up, up on the rafters. This time he's talking about how the tag team titles are not going to be on the Harlem Heat after tonight. And, of course, Virgil still still hanging out. Virgil just wants his meat sauce money, boys. Uh, oh, he's going to get it. And that uh, leads into our next match, which is going to be the Outsiders, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, versus the Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray and Booker T, who are the current champions. And this is for the WCW Tag Team And there's a lot of people outside the ring on this one. D.B. Aussie's outside, and yeah, so, the, uh, yeah. so is Colonel Robert Parker and Sherry. Yeah, a lot, a lot of ringside here. And uh, right off the bat, Scott Hall flicks a toothpick at Booker to start the match. I love that. Yeah, I, I've and always little, and a little hoo yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And then uh, almost immediately the crowd is distracted for a, a a long while. I don't know if there was a fight. There was a fight in the crowd because uh, one of the announcers said, the said something the like ring. the real fight yeah. in the ring, not the crowd. Yeah. They were distracted the for, real fight a, for in the a while. Uh, only for the first few minutes. They didn't miss too much, but it was still enough to definitely be noticed because the hard cam... Where the hard cam was positioned, you were able to see like the entire like first five rows of people stand up and like look to the left, mm-hmm. right right as this match was beginning. So there was a bit of a distraction there. Um, there's a kick to Hall, and then Hall shoulder blocks Booker, and then Hall gets sent outside, and then Ray gets spit on by Hall. Does not like that. And then Kevin Nash comes in, and then uh, Nash eats some knees in the corner, and then Ray spits on Hall when he gets the chance. It's not really a spit as much as it's like a mist. Because Hall spit yeah. was like a loogie spit. And Someone, then, someone's got to teach him how to. Yeah, and then uh, Stevie Ray just kind of misted uh, Hall in the corner there. Um, and then Booker comes in, hits a scissor kick uh, to Nash uh, for a near fall. And then Nash gets back up and hits a sidewalk slam to Ray. And then Hall goes on the top rope, gets a top rope bulldog for a near fall. And then Booker comes back in, does a running forearm to Hall for a near fall. And uh, then... <clears throat> Sorry, Booker T hits the sleeper hold for a while on Nash, and then Nash doesn't want it like that, nails Booker, and then there's a, a Urinagi, or as Kyle insists, I call it, a rock bottom-ish move. Yes. Luke also uh-huh. insists. It was kind of like a choke slam, but yeah, like he, closer he like, to the body. He like choke slams his chest. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. Uh, and that caused a near fall. And then there's snake eyes to Booker, and then another one of the kind of modified Urinagis for a near fall. Rock bottom-ish. Rock bottom-ish, yes. Even you can even say bookend and it's okay. Yeah, no. it's a bit of a bookend. They're all they're all a Yurinagi, you know. And then Watch Booker gets cut or... by Hall in a crossbody attempt and then gets slammed for a near fall. And then uh, something weird happened here. So Scott Hall gets distracted by Sherry. Uh, and Scott Hall, like, kind of does a move on her. And then Sherry slaps Hall. And then apparently this made Scott Hall think he was entitled to just start macking down on Sherry. Because he starts making out yeah, with no, her. No, he inhales her face. And, then, and then one of the announcers actually has the gall to say, she had it coming. So weird, such a different time. It was really weird. It was funny, but it was it's such a different time. Because remember a few years ago, Ric Flair kissed Becky Lynch. I remember that. People were pissed. Yeah, like it was weird. People were really upset about that. Yeah, and I then, mean, who wouldn't uh, want to after that? Becky the Lynch, the match con- true. The match continues mm. after that. Uh, they trade sleepers, and there's a double down, and then Ray comes in, and he takes out every takes out both members of the Outsiders, and there's a Gorilla Plus. Press to Hall, and then Hall gets thrown into Nash, and then there's a senton leg drop from Booker T from the top, um, and then Colonel Parker gets in with his cane, and he's ready to have at it on Nash, who Nash just takes the cane away and just destroys destroys uh, Stevie Stevie Ray, who's just dead, and then that causes Scott Hall to be able to roll over, who's down at this point after the leg drop to get the pinfall, and we have new tag team champions. Um, this was a decent match. Uh, 
a bit messy at times, a bit slow. I give it 2.5. was not the worst thing I've ever seen by I any gave, stretch. I also gave this two and a, th- a third star because I was just so confused on what was going on. The ending but was a bit silly. Also, so the ending was goofy, but Booker T could have made the save. Yeah, he was right there. He was standing there. He just watched it. Yeah. And so I don't know if he would just want to see his brother get beat up because sometimes I do. <laughs> but well, you did. You you did beat him up once, right? Yeah, yeah, me and my brother did get in a fight at work one time. It was great. It happens, it happens. It but sweet. and we're but me and my brother are homies. So we good. love each That's other. Good. Friend of the podcast, Logan. Yeah. yeah. Luke, what did you think? Uh 2 and 3 quarters. Um it's just some of these matches had the typical WCW finish, like where they just didn't know what the yeah. hell to do. No, that you're right. And uh, Colonel Rob Parker like goes to hit Kevin. It was just very sloppy. He goes yeah. to hit Kevin Nash, is like full swing, and then like stops before Kevin Nash even turns around and notices him. And so like that's delayed. And then he's basically just like, "Here, you can have this cane." And then he runs away. And then Kevin Nash, you know, hits him, hits Stevie Ray, and Stevie Ray just like crumbles. He's dead. Like, he just, like, he just, yeah, he just flops to the and ground. Then, the weird thing is the ref was, like, distracted by Booker for way too long. Even though by this point, Booker was outside, and he was just like, I'm, I'm fine. Like, you can turn around and watch the match Yeah, now. another another one where it was, like, I mean, Harlem Heat, arguably one of the best tag teams out and there. And the Outsiders. Yeah, and uh, obviously, but, I mean, they just... Maybe they didn't have the chemistry. The potential was not... <sighs> the Outsiders were just so cool that the swag yeah. that yeah. they had was amazing. Yeah, they were awesome. So up next, we get our main event of the evening. We get, instead of Ted DiBiase in the crowd, we change it up a little bit. Uh, let's get ready to Well, Ted was there. Go. He was there, but he was he was taking a back seat. And so because, was Virgil again. Yeah, of course. Uh, By the way, all, the of giant. Those, all of those interview bits, they all sucked. I Maybe could, this this last yeah. one. Okay, this last one. But so th- basically, they all Hogan cuts a promo, buries, uh, buries Macho Man, and he's. it's worth noting... We had a hard time telling if this was actually Hogan or an I thought it was a disciple at Because first. he was wearing this like spiky toupee that looked asinine. It he was like awful. Lodi. He looked like Lodi. He had like the Lodi spikes. He looked ridiculous. It, it was terrible. But before we keep going, a question for you guys. Yeah. Because there's a little bit of debate between us. Black and white Hogan or red and yellow Hogan? Black and white. Nah, it's dude. It's black and white. It's black and white. So, I guess that depends on what's what's what are we basing what are we grading Your it on personal personal preference. I mean, what, red, what, and, red and yellow was the icon. Like he was the one that brought wrestling to the mainstream. It, it's hard to pick because obviously I'm a huge fan, but I think the red and yellow is probably the better. Yeah, heck be, yeah. Because white I think I think the white and black was cooler. Yeah, but I think the red and yellow was better because the red and yellow built the WWE and then the red and yellow rebirth. Do you remember the promo after WrestleMania 18? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where there was like a 20 minute like like you couldn't say anything. Um it was just the, there was some magic in both, but I think there was more magic with the red and yellow. He was red and yellow for like 30 years. Right. Yeah, they were both yeah. revolutionary, but I mean, it's the red and yellow, man. Plus I'm, the matches maybe, were better in the red and maybe, yellow. Maybe I'm just kind of a hater, but um, going back now and watching some of Hollywood Hogan's stuff, it's almost like he's a, a dad trying to be cool. Like, it, I don't know. It just feels like sometimes he's just being kind of awkward when he's trying to be like a badass. Well, so I, I will say, I will say, uh, watching this show, one thing that that kind of stuck out to me, and I might take heat for saying this, but... 
I feel like the NWO doesn't hold up as well as I remember them. Ooh, you might, dude. I'm. I might be on board with you on They're this. They're a bit hokey. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. As a kid, don't get me wrong. As a kid, I loved the NWO. NWO and DX were like my influences growing up. But I think. I think to a point when you're looking back 20 years later, that both groups are a little hokey. Oh, for D- sure. DX for is sure. a little yeah. just just fucking ridiculous. And, yeah. Yeah. And, no, and definitely. I but, also thought the uh, DX had a little bit more of a realistic edge to them, though. I don't know. I like I always like the NWO more than DX. I thought they had the gang mentality of like yeah. if you if you hit one of our dogs, they're all you're getting the whole pack. Yeah. Well, I think the the NWO were always taken much more seriously, whereas DX was kind of just a comedy faction. I would say they were more yeah. than a comedy faction. Mm-hmm. They had comedy, but they were they were I know, tag they, team champions like heavyweight. Well, yeah, I mean, champions, yeah, obviously, you know. but they were built on on comedy, whereas NWO was built on like. Being well, they were incredible. also built on the and, NWO. You know, the, right. the NWO was also really good at first. Like it was a really great idea at first. It fell off the wheels pretty quick because though. you were adding so many people, you, guys that didn't even make sense. And yeah, then, and then you split the faction into two. What do you think the tipping point was? Was it Bagwell? Oh, it, Horace Hor- Horace Hogan, Bagwell, yeah, pretty close. Lex there. Luger going into the Wolfpack. Yeah, it got it got. Bad. I, I will say when they they split at first, like I kind of liked it because the Wolfpack mm-hmm. versus the wh- white and black was awesome. But then it just you couldn't tell who was on which side anymore. And then yeah, no. then you had Bret Hart who wasn't like in the NWO, but he was associated with the NWO. Yeah. But then one week he'd be fighting Hulk Hogan or other guys in the NWO, and the next week he'd be tagging with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was just it was just weird. Also, I can't remember what pay per view it was, and we might have already mentioned this on the podcast. But there was one ninety eight WCW pay per view I watched, where it was basically just each match was members of uh, Wolfpack against members of yeah. White and Black, and no one came out to their own theme songs. You're talking about sold out, I think, if M- I remember correctly. Maybe NWO sold out. I think so, but. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was sold out, but Might anyway. A later but later. it was just, but it was just like you know, bam, up, wham, wham, and every then, single and then, person. And like every, yeah, it just got so annoying. And that was like, there would be random voices over the theme songs too, like for life, new, 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 new. Yeah. It, anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I guess we'll get into the match now. It was just something I kind of was thinking about, like, man, the NWO, like, on this show, like, just didn't. I don't know. Anyways, this was a match that we had, which is going to be. The Hollywood, the Hulkster, the WCW champion, Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan, that's right. Hogan Maniacs running wild here uh, versus the Macho Man Randy Savage. This was a title match, correct? Yes. For the WCW title. And this uh, was hilarious. Thank goodness the Macho Man came out wearing that Slim Jim get up. Uh, so I knew he's still on Team Slim Jim. Uh, what else came out? And then he, the, he, then so he comes out of a halfway. He turns around. And he points for what seems like three minutes. minutes. And then out comes... The most ridiculous monster truck in the world. It's got tassels on the side. It's, <laughs> it's got, got a hat. cowboy hat. I, I was drinking water. When it came out, I started choking because I was laughing so hard, and I was trying not to spit it, was it all hilarious. over me. I've never seen a truck wearing a hat, but I didn't know it was something I needed to see until tonight. Well, it's like it was trying to be the Macho Man's hat, but it looked a lot more like a cowboy, just a straight cowboy yeah. hat. It looked like, as a Green Bay Packer fan, they make the cheese hats, and it looked like a... <laughs> Green Bay Packers cheese hat cowboy hat. Yeah, it, it was out of control. <laughs> this match was is was ridi- out of control. Is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, this is fun, guys. This is not much of a wrestling match, but this was a spectacle. Listen, if you if you like fun, you'll get it here. But this if you is if a you, super fun, if yeah. you're looking for a five star classic, yeah, two icons actually it. having a good wrestling match, you're not gonna get that at all. Um, so pre match, the show does big. The uh, giant does get booted out, uh, away from ringside, and he's got to go. See you, buddy. And Virgil just disappears. Virgil's gone. He never makes it to the ring. Poor guy almost made it to ringside and then turns around and leaves. He's he's 
probably just left at this point. Uh, so the whole like first half of this match essentially was Hogan just avoiding Macho Man, which which was getting the crowd pissed because it they, was getting heat. Uh, yeah, they wanted to see Hogan get his comeuppance. Yeah, he would just keep escaping. Uh, the, well done. The, the crowd was just getting was getting uh, very upset with that. And then Hulk does get the early offense, hit some big chops to Macho Man eventually, pa- keeps pandering to the crowd. Um, Macho decides he's going to get a little bit of offense in, get some strikes there, and then a flying double axe handle, and which knocks off Hogan's glasses, which the Macho Man promptly steals and puts right on. So he's, he's wearing these... Which was hilarious. It's worth noting, by the way, uh, H- uh, Hogan never took off his shades until they fell off after that axe handle, and the Macho Man put them on, and then eventually the toupee does come off of Hogan's head, and of course it goes right onto Macho Man's head, who's now wrestling in a toupee and sunglasses. It's so funny. He looks like a clown, and then they wrestle out to the ramp, and then in 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 one of the nastiest things I've seen in wrestling, uh, Macho Man takes off this disgusting sweaty toupee and shoves it right into Hogan's mouth. It was, <laughs> it was so nasty. funny, dude. I'm dying. Yeah, no, these spots were hilarious. I will give it that. Me and Zach are giggling like little squirrels. Uh, and then uh, there's a chair that comes out. So apparently this is a no disqualification match. Uh, Hogan gets hit with the, hits. Hogan hits Savage with the chair, and then uh, Savage goes to return the favor. And then the ref decides he's going to stop it and takes the chair away. Um, I, 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 I don't know if this was a no disqualification match or not. And then but the it fans had to have been. then the fans start throwing the slim jims. Yeah, slim jims start getting thrown when they're at ringside. Uh, like they're by the barricade as the chair shots are being exchanged and Slim Jims are flying. This was like the 1996 version of Streamers because there are Slim Jims everywhere. Uh, and then there's a Savage Atomic Drop. He gets Atomic Drop right into the barricade and then Hogan kisses him on the forehead and then Liz comes out looking all concerned and then um, Macho, they're back in the ring. Macho Man pulls on Hulk's tights, exposes his ass and his thong, gets two near falls that way. It's so funny. I love how you're just like skimming over <laughs> Like you're just like yeah, and then Hogan, Hogan, oh, then, and then Hogan stuff. kisses him on the forehead, and then <laughs> his ass is exposed. Which, by the way, he has a thong tan line. He does. He does. It was so good. Which is uh, ridiculous. It was hilarious. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind yeah, of totally normal. Like Whatever. this is just the match. This is what the match. This is, is also yeah. This is also what WrestleMania five looked like when the Mega Powers exploded. But you know. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> we've also said this wasn't like a classic wrestling match. This was a no. classic humor match. Yeah, and then uh, Hogan gets clotheslined outside. He barely makes it out, but he does. And then uh, he runs around to the front of the ring where Liz is, shields himself uh, with Liz in front of him, uh, manages to get back into the ring, eats a scoop slam, and then there's a running knee, which knocks um, Hogan back out of the ring. He shields himself with Liz again, and then he shoves Liz into Macho Man, which gives enough of a distraction for him to get taken out outside the ring. There's a Hulk big boot inside, uh, and then Liz comes in the ring, throws herself onto Macho Man, which stops Hogan from getting the leg drop. And then Hogan kind of backs her into the corner. I don't know why the ref didn't kick her out at this point because the giant got kicked out. But apparently she's allowed to stay as long as she wants. Well, she's Ted DiBiase was still there too. And that's true. Also, did we mention that Miss Elizabeth's dress is like hula grass? It's like beads. Or yeah, something. it's it's like just weird <coughs> rainbow hula grass. I also have a quote that I forgot to mention. Oh, please. When when uh, Savage pulled Hogan's pants down, Heenan said, "I've seen that side of Hogan a lot," and I was like. <laughs> Have what? <laughs> yes, brain. Please elaborate. Yeah, like what? Or, what, or maybe not. Because wasn't it? About? Wasn't it? It was like it was. A, there's a side of people Hogan, do, or there's a side of Hogan people don't see. And he goes, I've seen that side of Hogan a lot. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay, maybe dude. it's just him being an ass. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't Only know. Only the brain. It could was understand. out there. Um, and then yeah, Hulk puts her in the corner, and then he does miss the leg drop because that distraction gives Macho Man time to recover. And then Hulk gets handed this like 
a foreign object by DiBiase. It looked like a like a piece of PVC or almost like a piece of chalk. Might be like a small lead pipe, maybe. We never what found out was. what it was. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, t- uh, so Liz takes it back, which causes her to bump into Hogan, which causes Hogan to bump into the ref. So we get another ref bump. And then outside the ring, Ted takes the object back from Liz. And then Nick Patrick comes out uh, wearing his neck brace. And then Macho hits the elbow drop and all this madness. And then the Macho madness. Uh, uh, goes for the pinfall, but Nick Patrick can't count to three because his neck hurts too bad. And then Macho Man doesn't like that. So he rips off Patrick's neck brace and then opens his shirt for some reason. He just rips his shirt open and just leaves him like that. So poor Nick Patrick is just uh, de-shirted right and here broken in the middle of the I actually wanted to see Kenny Powers' Nick Patrick just get blasted. At some, I did too. Like, at this inter- in this point in the pay-per-view, I just wanted to see someone just powerbomb him off a cage. Yeah, I know. I thought that was going to happen, but no, we said he just t- rips his shirt open. And then uh, Savage does get the object back in his hand, hits Hogan with it. Uh, Ted pulls the Macho Man out of the ring at this point, so he can't go for the pin. The Giant comes out while the uh, both refs are down, uh, and then he takes out Savage with a choke slam outside. Softly, and then, the softest yes. choke slam onto, yes. the, onto those mats, the cushiony mats, by the way. And then uh, rolls Savage back in the ring. Hogan gets rolled over onto him. The ref recovers, gets the win. This match was just pure insanity. I can't rate it that high because it was not a good match, but it was just hilarious. I, it, it was insane. It was just '90s insanity the whole time. I give it 2.5 because wow. the wrestling was worth a one, but the just the, the everything else, I was thoroughly entertained. I was sports entertained throughout this match. I was uh, I'm, I'm with Zach for the most part. I gave it a three for fun and enjoyment. Oh my god! And a 1.5 for wrestling, so it comes to a 2.25 overall. Oh, okay. Okay. You and didn't let me finish. Sorry. I didn't know you were just going to yeah. break it down. Yeah, that's what you, that's what we do here. Yeah, um, it was awesome. I had so much fun watching this with you, Zach. Not really Luke, because Luke was being a Debbie Downer the he whole was. time. He uh, was. Luke, what did you think of the match? Let's, uh, let, let's let the man, let's yeah, let the man have his own thoughts. So I originally, I originally had it as a star and a half, but... It was fun. But, Luke. yeah, no. I, once I took the whole big picture in, I, I it's two stars for me. But here's the thing, man, is... When we announced this pay-per-view last week and you read off the card, um, I heard some of the big names and I was like, oh, okay, sweet, sweet, awesome. And then when I heard the main, because I've never seen this pay-per-view before, when I heard the main event of Hogan versus Savage, I thought it was going to be like WrestleMania Five. I thought, so I went into it with the preconceived notion that I was going to see. It was going to be a big spectacle. Yeah, I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. I haven't, I haven't seen them wrestle in a long time. So I thought it was going to be an actual good wrestling match, but... You know, I forgot how goofy heel Hogan was, too. It was super goofy. He set set the tone from the beginning, but it it was hilarious. It's just, by the end, I was just like, what the hell is going on? I guess we should get to the post-match then. Yo, we gotta get to the post-match. What happened next was simultaneously one of the worst but most entertaining things I think I've ever seen in a wrestling show. So It was bullshit. Post-match, Hogan grabs the mic, and he's talking about how he's the best thing in Hollywood. He's he's taking over everything. Hold on. He's the bee's knees. Hold on. Yeah. You're completely missing the part where the giant comes back out with a punch bowl oh, yeah. of ice water. And, so, oh, and he kind of like trips and spills. And he half spills of it. all of the ice. So the giant goes to get this giant bowl, like this aluminum bowl full of ice water. He brings it into the ring after spilling about half of it, and then just dumps it on Hogan to wake him up because Hogan's still unconscious from the elbow or the pipe. And so he dumps that on onto uh, Hogan, who wakes up. Then he cuts yeah, his so promo. And then, then he realizes he won, gets his hand raised by Nick Patrick, and then was like, yeah. oh, I told you guys like, that was the best. Like nobody in Hollywood can stop him. And then... Bagpipes. Bagpipes. The crowd is not 
does not care at this point. They, I, once, I think they're confused. Once, once I heard the bagpipes, I was like, "All right, it's gonna be Piper," and I was, I was excited for it. The crowd really didn't. Even when they saw Piper, they were like, "Oh, yay!" Who looked really good. By so the Piper way. He comes out, great. and I just have to describe this for you. He's wearing one of his classic shirts. He's got two a white button down shirt, then he's got a blue button down shirt, and then he's got his leather jacket. Of course, he has the kilt. He comes it's out like three collars total. Yeah, he comes up to the ring, and maybe my favorite part of this promo, he pulled the microphone out of his jacket, like he just had it ready to go. And then he, I don't know what they talked about, but they talked for a very long time. And he kept call. What was he kept calling? He the called giant, giant sprout. He kept calling the giant sprout. 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 Oh yes, it was so funny. He'd be like. Like simmer down, sprout. So Piper is out of control. Like he's he's just going crazy. He's belligerent. Pa- he's he's gone past Ric Flair level. Yeah. He's now past Macho Man level. He's bringing up WrestleMania and one. Yeah. Yeah. He's bringing up the first WrestleMania. How he took out uh, Mr. T. Bringing up when he was 15 and he was a Gold Glover and he grew up fighting. <laughs> and like, then, were uh, you there, Hogan? Hogan's just like at first. Hogan's like, all right, buddy, let's be nice to each other. And then. Piper just keeps running him down, and then they shake hands, and you think that's the end. And then what does Hogan say? <laughs> and then as uh, as Piper's leaving, he goes, uh, "Hey, brother, when you go to the bathroom, we're gonna have to squat down." And that just makes Piper real mad because he's oh. wearing the kilt. And then so Piper starts running him again, down again, and it goes off the air it in mid sentence. <laughs> yeah, Tony Schiavone's just like, "Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody." <laughs> and it goes off the air, and that's the end of the show. I was howling at this point. This was hilarious. <laughs> Me and Zach were. At- just having a fit. Make no mistake, it was awful, but it was hilarious. It was, it was so bad, it was good. It was so funny. Like, I don't know what what the point of this was. Like, obviously, the point was to establish Piper and Hogan as a feud, but just like, Piper was like talking like a crazy war veteran here. He was just... It was so awesome. It was amazing. Uh, if I was grading that, I would have given it four stars. Dude, I'm, I'm up there with you, dude. It was, it was so funny. And when, no. he kept, when he kept calling the giant sprout, it was like me seeing the Macho Man truck all over again because <laughs> it was so good. Um, so that was how we went off the air, mid-sentence. For all I knew, they argued all night. That argument could have run I'm for sure hours. I'm sure they're still arguing right now. <laughs> Some legend has it they're still arguing to this day. Uh, overall, man, I didn't really know what to expect with this show. I had a lot of fun. Uh, there were some stinkers in the middle of the card. Oh yeah, but I had a blast. In the end, I had a blast with the show. Stop. Overall, I give it a C because there were some fun matches and just the goofiness elevated the show to me. So, so I, I'm going down my little report card here. C. Oh boy, we got Meltzer over here. This isn't gonna oh, be good. Oh boy, we got the grump that doesn't like having fun. Yeah, Luke, what shut. Do you, up. Hey, you, f- Mr. Fun Hater, what do you give the show? Hey, usually I'm giving you guys. That, I'm giving that a C minus. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fair. Usually you guys are calling me the fun hater, I don't so know. it's fun I, to be able to put it on you. This for match a was. Or this I'm not going to give it. Fun. I'm not going to give it a D plus, even though I'm sort of considering it. But C minus, man. Okay, that's fine. I feel like so. I was okay. almost at a C minus. Actually, I'm almost going to move it up to an A minus. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. No, no. 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 I feel like it should be noted. I. Sh- I feel like it should be noted that you do Hogan's your favorite wrestler of all time. Right. So I feel like that final match, especially in that final bullshit, whatever the hell garbage promo that was, two legends who can cut promos just had the most belligerently drunk fucking It was hilarious. Gar- no, dude, dude, it was, it was so about funny. nothing. Yes, it was. And Piper, was- Piper was saying he was number one in Hollywood with him. And that, like, that's just a bullshit. <laughs> that is too, bullshit because like- Piper was ahead of Hogan in <laughs> Hollywood. Have you seen They Live? Yeah, 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 they live. That's a good movie, dude. That's right there, yeah. You guys are ridiculous and this so, show was ridiculous. So, Luca is being grumpy and I'm going to tell you what we're coming to with you next. Next week is going to be interesting, guys, because uh, uh, Big Daddy Zach... 
the dad of the podcast is gone. So we're going to have the a third kids, man. The, the, kids the, are running the asylum. The kids are running the asylum next week, guys. And we have a third man, a mystery third man. Yep. We'll meet and of course, week. next weekend's show is going to be WWE Evolution. And then after that, we get <coughs> headlong into uh, Survivor, Survivor Series, Series Month. month. Uh, Survivor Series excited. 1990. You guys didn't tell me we were going to do that in unison. That was really okay, sorry, good. Let's try again. Uh, one. Survivor, Survivor Series, Series month. month. That was sick. And we, we got we got Survivor Series okay. 1990. Yep. Survivor Series 1997, which is yep. Brett screwed Brett Dakota. And then <laughs> Survivor Series 2018. Yep. And Survivor Series 2003, yep. which has a theme song by Limp Biscuit. Excellent. The WWE's favorite band in the world. But but first we have a. <clears throat> I'm just gonna try not to clip the mic here. Evolution is a mystery. Thanks, Lemmy. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's going to be really exciting to hear how my, my little boys have sprouted wings and they're going to fly away to evolution. I'll probably never be back. So in other words, we're going to be lucky if we get a damn recording on. Yeah. Sure. I'll probably never be invited back or I'll just be invited back as a producer only role while the third chair fills in permanently. Uh, yeah, that's a good chance. But either either way, uh, evolution will be coming to you guys next week on Monday. Uh, I'll be I'll be the one at, uh, kind of posting it. So it might be later in the day, hopefully earlier in the day. I'll be out and about in the uh, the great state of Arizona, so it will get posted on Monday. Uh, so keep your eyes. And I'd like that. to apologize in advance because I'm going to be covering the play by play. Kyle, hopefully, will help me a little bit. But uh, I will. So you'll be running help. the play by play and the soundboard, right? Oh God! All right, guys. All right. Got, got a lot on my shoulders. We'll we talk. love you guys. Love and you, Holgamaniacs. Have a good week.